most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast for Week Five. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and I'll be joined by the oddsmaker Sean Kerner to break down the London game, the Monday night DFS slate, and the Sunday night DFS slate. Cowboys Niners should be a good one. What's cracking, Sean? What's up? Uh, starting to feel a lot better. Uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. I've been I've been getting over colds in like a good. 24 to 36 hours lately so i'm feeling good thanks man yeah glad you're feeling well too uh, if you haven't yet be sure to check out our player projections episode over on the action network podcast channel and our fantasy preview episode where we break down the main slate that's right here on this channel we've also got some early sunday morning football across the pond again so let's get right in to it Jaguars for the second week in a row in London this time it's a quote-unquote road game for <laughs> the Jaguars yeah. even though this is definitely yeah, their home there away. for a couple yeah weeks. this is their home away from home yeah they've been out there uh, the Bills I believe are going to travel on Friday so uh okay. when you guys are, are, are and gals are listening to this uh Bills probably be heading over there but will, the, will this game be on Toy Story again I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I did get to see some of that. That was pretty I had cool. To. I, I was like, while I was trying to figure out my ESPN Plus login, I was watching the Toy Story game. That's that's what we've been <laughs> reduced to with all these streaming oh. services. So I was like, legit, just watching that game, like yelling at it. So good times. Yeah, I am. I, I still don't understand how like those save passwords work, but like at this point, I usually just <laughs> use my Face ID on some I'm... Apple device, and somehow I get into like what I need to get into, but. Like, I feel like... Uh, it, I was struggling this time, oh, but I, I hear you. It's the worst when you're, like, <laughs> scrambling. To, like, you think you're going to just turn on a game, and then you have to go to, like, 10 different steps, and you're trying to do 10 different yeah. things and, like, <laughs> projections and all this. Yeah, it's... Yep. I've been there. Uh, but, yeah, spread five and a half in favor of the Bills. The total, 48 and a half. This is 9.30 a.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Uh, both these teams have been pretty... Uh, Unlucky, unlucky right yeah jaguars 26 yep. bills 22nd so nothing as far as the matchup here uh, so let's jump right into the captain who do you expect to have a freak performance uh in this london game um Gotta go with Josh Allen right now while he's cooking. You know, he had a bit of a rough stretch to start the season, but uh, he's starting to play at a high level now. Had that massive 324 touchdown game through the air uh, against the Dolphins, including a rushing touchdown, of course. Uh, He just has one of the highest ceilings at the QB position, and the Jags have been beatable through the air. You know, they're they're more league average in terms of DVOA at 15th, um, and they're a little bit better against the run. You know, they rank 7th in DVOA, so... Could be a good game to, you know, play Josh Allen. He has a couple stackable options, obviously. And just his rushing upside just gives him an added advantage when it comes to the captain slot. So uh, for this slate, I'm going with Josh Allen. Yeah, love Allen. This is, as you mentioned, a run funnel. I mean, a pass funnel defense, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars uh, have been good against the run you know, since Peterson took over, really, uh, last year. Uh, so I do expect the Bills to continue to throw it. So I got to go with Stephon Diggs. I mean, he looks amazing this year. That play where he just caught the ball and ran away from, like, three tackles, um, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. And that was one of his, what, three touchdowns last week. He's just been yeah. balling all year. He looks great. looks healthy. Um, looks motivated. Um, I, I just, I'm sorry for Cater Kohu because, I mean, Stephon Diggs was just beating him left and right. I don't know how this <laughs> dude is going to – he did not have a fun film session uh, this week, but I expect Diggs to do that to this Jag secondary that, like you said, 
Uh, it's pretty beatable uh, through the air. You know, they got to feast on a non-quarterback last week in Desmond Ritter, but now it's back <laughs> to reality. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this this I expect the Bills to, to be able to dominate time of possession, even though they're not going to run a lot, because I, this Jags offense still is a little bit, a little bit out of sorts, I feel like, and this is a real tough mm-hmm. test for this Bills D. So uh, even though they're going to probably be throwing the ball around, uh, I do expect the Bills to, to rack up some plays and, and not run the ball very much. So love Allen and, and love Stephon Diggs here. Uh, who do you like yeah, so for the Jags offense has been a bit out of sorts, but you know who has not been out of sorts? Evan Ingram. Uh, he looks like he picked off where he left off at the end of last year. He just looks like picked up. Picked up. <laughs> you said oh, picked yeah. off. Desmond You're thinking Ritter's about Desmond Picked off. Uh, no, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, <laughs> too. Uh, Jesus. Um, but, yeah, no, Evan Ingram, right. <laughs> uh, man, he looks like a stud still. And, you know, the Bills are probably still a tough matchup for tight ends. You know, they still have Matt Milano, but they they did lose Tremaine Edmonds um, in the offseason. So, you know, maybe they're more of an average matchup. Milano can only do so much. Um, and the Bills, you know, they've faced the easiest schedule in terms of opposing tight ends, if you look at their schedule, oh my God. But uh, even like guys like Cole Turner and Durham Smythe were able to have pretty productive games. So I think Evan Ingram uh, should be just fine here, uh, despite the tougher matchup. He has at least six catches in three straight games, uh, saw eight targets in three straight games. So uh, he's just playing at a high level right now. Love him as, you know, just a mid-range play here. Um, and I've, I feel like I haven't been able to talk about our boy as much this year, but Gabe Davis now has a touchdown in three straight games. Um, he only has a 13% target rate, but he has an A dot over 17. I mean, that's just the Gabe Davis experience. Um, and uh, unfortunately that means he relies on touchdowns and, you know, deep shots. So he's going to be very volatile week to week, which can be frustrating for season long head to head, you know, formats, but for DFS, especially like a single game slate, Gabe Davis is still one of the more valuable receivers to play in these type of spots. So uh gonna have a ton of Gabe Davis here. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, the one thing, I mean, Stefan Diggs is gonna yeah. ball out every week, but you know, kind of a classic spot, you know, Diggs coming off the big game. All right, <laughs> defense is gonna sell out. You'll probably get some Gabe Davis, another early yeah. touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh I actually uh was messing around with some lineups and I, I love this like Bill's onslaught lineup where I can get like Allen Diggs Davis. Uh, I think uh, the defense and like Kincaid and like one Jaguar oh, or something like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's fun to, and I like this Bill's passing game and I like Dalton Kincaid mm. this week. I think this might be a breakout week for him. Jacksonville is allowing a, 19.5% target per route rate to tight ends. That's third highest among defenses in the National Football League. Uh, they've given up the third most receptions to tight end. And Kincaid ran a season high 79% of the routes. Last week, Dawson Knox is a little bit banged up. He's questionable. I think he's going to play, but uh, I think Kincaid's role is going to continue to grow. And uh, I believe Stefan Diggs said he... Uh, like stole a touchdown from Kincaid mm. last week or like he, he like jumped up to catch a pass <laughs> that like was kind of going toward Kincaid. So uh, I think you're going to start seeing Kincaid be a little more involved uh, down in the red zone. That's usually been, you know, Knox's forte, but uh, we're four games in now. Uh, it's get week five. This is a round of time. I really like to start investing in rookies, mm-hmm. especially rookies who have kind of gotten off to slow starts. Cause all it takes, you know, you want to yeah. get ahead of these things, especially, in like DFS where it's, you're not really risking much of anything uh, investing in these guys. So uh, love Kincaid here. And also, you know, Jacksonville's a top three zone team, uh, zone defense. You know, they their corners just don't really play well in man. So they tend to play uh, a lot of zone. And Kincaid has caught 12 of 12 targets against zone coverage this year. That's second on the team uh, behind only Stephon Diggs and uh, three quarters of his targets this year have been against zone. So great matchup for Kincaid. And I'm going back to Calvin Ridley on the Jag side. Initially, you know, we talked on a pod and uh, we were both pretty down on him, but the more I look at this matchup and you kind of mentioned, you know, Christian Kirk, 
um, you know, might have a tougher matchup. And if, if Zay Jones comes back, we don't know exactly how Kirk's role is going to shake out. He's been playing really well. So I doubt they, you know, go back to like 65% like he was in week one. But uh, Ridley, he, I think, can take the most advantage of the fact that the Bills are going to be mm. without top cornerback Tredavious White here. And if you look at the Bills DVOA splits by field location, they are top two to the left in the middle and uh, 19th to the right anyway. So like you're, uh, you know, Ridley, that's where he gets most of his targets. Uh, He's got 11 targets, eight catches, 117 yards and a touchdown to the right side of the field. So that's over half of his production uh, that way. So uh, it, it aligns pretty well. And Buffalo is also 25th in DVOA against number one receivers, which is interesting because, you know, they did have Trey White, but I don't think he was shadowing much this year, uh, but they are, they're, they're top seven against uh, number two and number, you know, three and, and, and others. So uh, great matchup on paper for him. Two targets last week. He did get the touchdown, but I expect a little bit of a greasy wheel, squeaky wheel. And also I just expect the Jags to have to throw in this game. They've been running a lot. Uh, but their offense is just out of sorts. And I think the Bills, you know, the Bills have just been putting up monster, monster games against everyone. But the Jets, who are really good defense, you know, they just exploded on the Raiders and the, and the Commanders and, and the Dolphins. So uh, this could be a great pass heavy game script for Trevor Lawrence yep. and company. So going back to Ridley here, coming off a two target game. Who you like for dark throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, they're okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just looking at the Bills' passing attack, uh, I think Trent Sherfield might be interesting, just because you know last week they started to use a little bit less two tight end sets. Um, so Dawson Knox's uh, routes run rate took yeah. a bit of a hit. Uh, so more three wide sets. So players like Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield saw a bit more playing time. Sherfield saw the highest routes run rate. Uh, 41% among those. Def- it was a revenge game for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, he didn't do much. He caught two balls no, no. for 18 just, yards. There were just a, a bunch of revenge games. That's what <laughs> there I was a ton. There's something this week, too, <laughs> yeah. that I like. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams. Yes, we'll, talk about yes that. we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, you know, any receiver that's running around 41% of the time with Josh Allen under center, I'm interested in in a one-game slate. Um, and then on the other side, Tank Bixby, uh, uh, again, like, he has been relegated to just more of a change of pace back for the Jaguars. I mean, Travis Etienne is a workhorse back uh, this season. But, you know, it seems like whenever they do have goal line looks, they, they get Tank Bigsby in there. So, again, he's a potential, you know, vulture touchdown guy, uh, which is perfect for a, a single-game slate. Excellent leverage against Travis Etienne teams um, and for the one-game slate. So, uh, I think Tank Bigsby is also worth uh, a look uh, as a dart throw as well. Two carries. Four yards, one touchdown. That's 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 the tank Bixby. Oh yeah, uh, for classic sure. line. The tank Bixby uh, special. So last week when we were talking to Giants Seahawks, I was like, I'm not even going to bother with any Giants, uh, and I'm going to do the same thing with the Jags. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, Jamal Agnew yeah. might be back. I guess he's an option just because you can stack him with uh, the defense. But mm. I don't really want to play the Jags defense in this game, uh, and thus uh, I'm going to first. I'm going to go with two Bills first. The Bills defense. Love the Bills defense each and every week. And on this kind of slate, uh, mm-hmm. they could absolutely be one of the handful of double-digit scorers. They, Buffalo leads the NFL with eight interceptions, uh, tied for the lead with 16 sacks, second in points allowed. Jack, Jacksonville has already allowed two double-digit defensive games to opponents. And remember, Jacksonville's special team is a little, a little shaky. Remember that game against Houston where – I mean, they just could not get it together, mm. special teams-wise. And that leads into my next dart throw, which is Deontay Hardy, formerly Deontay Harris. He's So <laughs> in his four games this year, he's had four touches in week one, two touches in week two, four touches in week three, two touches in week four. So he's, he's on pace for another four in this game. Uh, he's, had, <laughs> he's had multiple <laughs> targets and catches in every game, and he's got a couple carries as well. Uh, he is fourth on the Bills in targets, catches, and yards against zone coverage, which is important because, like I said, Jacksonville is one of the uh, more zone-heavy teams in the league. And he's also the punt returner 
for the Bills. So again, Jacksonville special team, you know, they had some issues with the, with the field goal team and it went out a couple of weeks ago. So uh, like stacking Hardy with the Bills defense mm. special team, but like them e- individually either way. But yeah. uh, I think, you know, Hardy's role has been consistent uh, week in, week out, even though, you know, Sherfield, Shakir have been kind of popping up. Um, Hardy has been getting his manufactured touches. Hasn't done much with him yet. So, uh, you know, still kind of looking to break one or, or get in the end zone for, for Hardy. So uh, I think it's a good uh, good time to invest on the one game sweep. For sure. And uh, it looks like um, Damian Harris is dealing with like a neck injury. If he doesn't suit up, like Latavius Murray is yeah. in play, yep. right? I guess even Absolutely. if he does suit up. Yeah. But it seems like every game, Murray is either the goal line back or the third down back. Like he 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 takes one of those roles. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, you know, they're working in all three of these guys, but they they definitely have been given, um, like taking Cook off the field in a bunch of goal line looks, and he did get the finally got a goal line touchdown last week. But um, that is yeah. something to kind of watch, especially because Josh Allen's also here to 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 siphon touchdowns. But uh, yeah, tough tougher matchup for Cook, so he's more of a contrarian uh, play in this one. You know, you probably need him to do some things yeah. in the uh, in the pass game. Uh, yeah, you're pretty low on him, right? Like he's he's like low teens or uh, high teens for you. I think this he, week? Yeah, I think he might be like RB twenty ish. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough tough slate to play him, but yeah, th- those backup running backs have been you know involved, especially Latavius Murray. If if Harris is out, who who are they calling up? Do they still have Duke Johnson? Let me see. Uh, hmm. Oh, Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. Yeah, and they yeah, yeah. they used to have what was it Jordan Mims or somebody like that, but I don't think they have him. Well, they had oh. Naheem Hines, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, Taiwan Jones. I'm trying to no, think no, no, he's on the Giants. But yeah, no, they have Ty Johnson right now. Okay. So yeah, he maybe he would steal some uh, third down looks from Latavius Murray. Either way, I think Murray would be a, a yeah. definite option and I would, if Damian I would Harris like is out. Cook more um, if oh, Harris yeah, was out. Sure. I, I actually don't think I think whoever they call it would just be special teams. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even think they like they would give him a touch. You remember they didn't, they barely gave Hines touches when he was that in like that True. kind of back. So, um, you know they 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 signed Harrison and Murray to add some power. But yeah, if one of them is out, I think the other guy and, and Cook just kind of picked that up. Okay, let's go to Sunday night football. This should be a good one. Cowboys at the Niners. Niners favored by three and a half. The totals forty five eight twenty p.m. Eastern on NBC. Uh, and this one has uh, kind of a, a little bit of uh, luck rankings pop here with Dallas 25th, uh, the 25th unluckiest team, San Francisco the fourth luckiest. So that's a differential of 21, uh, a gap of 35%. That means Dallas has a third best uh, luck ranking matchup of week five. Yeah, uh, I find that interesting. Um, I also thought it was kind of surprising that San Francisco opened up uh, minus three and a half. That's such a key number. I thought it'd be like, you know, minus three at most. Uh, I will be rooting for San Francisco here. I have my um, last undefeated team bet uh, 13 oh, to yeah. one. And this is a good matchup Love because, um, you know, the, the Cowboys finally lost. <laughs> they got beat by the Cardinals, but I was sick of uh, rooting for just these scrub teams to beat the Cowboys. But uh, that commanders Eagles overtime, if the commanders had just Beat the Eagles in overtime. I would have won that bet, but uh, it opens the door for uh, another week. Um, and the Eagles have kind of an easy stretch here. Uh, I think they're at they're at LA the Rams this week, and then I think they face the Jets the next week, which would have been much different if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. But I really need the Rams to win this week too, and for the uh, the Niners yeah. to beat the Cowboys. I, I think it's possible. I mean, yeah. The if Cooper Cup is back, I mean, you know that's. That, that Ram offense is going to, yeah. you know, Philly had, didn't, you know, they had trouble with uh, uh, Sam Howell. I just right. marching the ball up and down the field. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, so Dallas is popping in, in the luck rankings. Yeah. But San Francisco has just been so good. I think that's why they opened at uh, three and a half. I mean, yeah. they've been scoring 30 points each and every week. What did Brock Purdy go 20 to 21 last week? I mean, yeah, he's just amazing. It, it's just absurd. So uh, who do you like in a captain spot? Uh, uh, let so- me guess. <laughs> got got to go with Christian McCaffrey here. Uh, he's scored a touchdown, what, 12 straight games at the Niners now. Uh, he's playing like a, a rare MVP candidate for running back. Like, I think he mm-hmm. should at least be in the discussion. Not that he should win it, but 
man, he's just playing lights out. Um, and and this should be one of their closest games in the season. Elijah Mitchell's banged up. This could be one of those games where McCaffrey just plays every snap. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. This is one of those games. This is why, you know, I was kind of confused why the Niners weren't uh, getting Mitchell or other guys more work when they were kind of blowing teams out. It's because you want to save McCaffrey for these spots. So, um, you know, the Cowboys are a really good defense, obviously. They rank first in DVOA against the pass, but only 12th against the run. So I think this is a spot where, uh, despite the tougher matchup, McCaffrey should still have a big game should have a massive workload. So I think just the captain slot, uh, he makes a ton of sense. Not not that this is like uh, some under-the-radar play. I think he could be chalky there, but I think it, it does, uh, you know, set a, a good base for, you know, you want a high ceiling and having him in the captain slot is the best way to do that. Yeah, I mean, de- generally speaking, <clears throat> you just need to have the highest scoring player in a game in yeah. a captain spot. You know, yeah. sometimes every everything's just so expensive that like you might need to go a little cheaper. But usually, it you just kind of have to get the nail the captain spot with the highest scorer, yeah. and then just get the other five, the best five that can fit. Uh, I will go with Brandon Ayuk in this one. This you know number one. Uh, it's obviously he's probably going to be lower uh, rostered than McCaffrey, but number two, mm-hmm. this is absolutely going to be, I think, the toughest uh, test the 49ers have faced uh, this season. So you could have more of a passing script than you've had uh, all year, really, since probably going back to last year. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like Ayuk here, you know, he was kind of, he still hasn't cleared uh he hasn't even run around on 90 percent of the dropbacks in any game yet and he's still just balling uh every time he hits the field he is uh leading the 49ers in a target rate per route oh yeah he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh tied with McCaffrey so yes yeah, 28.6 for both of them uh but uh you know ahead of Debo who's got 22 percent and ahead of Kittle at 18 percent uh, no, yeah, no, he's ahead of McCaffrey. Sorry, I was I was looking at Mitchell, Mitchell, but that's a small sample. But yeah, yeah he doesn't no, so, count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Ayuk is has been the clear alpha dog here, and you know I do think I I did think that Debo was going to kind of get back involved after he was used as a decoy, but now I'm hearing that you know he's still not 100. percent So I don't know if they're just putting that out there because they do want to, uh, you know, kind of surprise everyone. But so yeah. I will have some Debo contrarian. Uh, play in the captain spot as well but Ayuk has just been unbelievable this year Uh, he's my wide receiver 12 uh, this week even in a uh, a tough matchup again because it's possible the 49ers have to throw a little bit more uh, than usual and and Debo's a little banged up Jennings is a little banged up as well so uh, love Ayuk in the captain spot and just overall yeah that hype uh, where you know it looked like he really turned the corner and becoming one of the better wide receivers during camp really came true. He really does look like one of the best receivers and just commanding a 29% target rate when they have Debo Samuel, Chris McCaffrey and George Kittle just says how good he is. And the second half of week two, he was really just a decoy. So he's only really played two and a half games uh, with those guys. And like, if you look at the second half of that game, he was just out there running routes. Uh, I don't think he saw a target in the second half. So his target share could be even higher. It just goes to show just how ridiculous he is this year. Yeah, I mean, all these Niners, I mean, even like that that game Debo before he got hurt against the Giants when he was just, he had like, like what, double-digit targets by the half? I mean, just everyone on this team is just right. amazing. <laughs> um, who do you like for value? Um, so I'll, I'll go with the other running back here, uh, and that's Tony Pollard. Similar to Christian McCaffrey, it's you know a tougher matchup on paper, but he's been limited this year just due to all the blowouts the Cowboys have been involved in. You know they hit up by thirty points, and they don't need to run the ball, or they don't need to have him running the ball anymore. So uh, he's been conceding a lot of touches um, in three of those games. Uh, Rico Dowdle is banged up, I believe. So I mean, if he's limited. They could just say, hey, we're just giving Tony Pollard all the work this week, similar to McCaffrey. These are the games that you just want to save a running back to have just a massive workload for. So um, could be in for a big game. Um, you know, the Niners have been sort of a run funnel defense early in the season. They ranked sixth against the pass in DVOA, just 23rd against the run. So it's it's a spot where 
uh, Pollard could have just a massive game. Yeah, I mean, the Niners, just, I mean, teams just haven't been able to, to to run the ball with volume on the Niners. That's really the, the thing. Like, they haven't been great when they've been defending a run, but they just haven't been tested. But Dallas has been just, I mean, they've been yeah. playing at a fast pace. They've been, they've been having a ton of plays and a ton of uh, rushing attempts. So, you know, the way this Niner offense is playing, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and you know, that was a big kind of turning point, I think, when Pollard went down in that playoff game. Uh, against the Niners last year you know that kind of set the Cowboy offense back so yeah I think they're gonna try to get him involved early and often uh I like uh I like a few guys here uh Michael Gallup I I think is interesting you know San Francisco they're number one in DVOA and passes to the middle they're number four to the right but just 26th uh, on uh passes to the offense's left that's usually where uh, Diamador Lenore lines up, uh, and then you got Ward on the other side, and he's been he's been great. So you know Gallup tends to run the majority of his routes uh, to the left side of the field. So you know I think he could get some opportunities uh, against uh, Lenore, and you know that's kind of been the the weak the weakest point of that uh, of that Niner D that that's otherwise very good. Uh, also, Jake Ferguson, I think, uh, especially if Hendershot is out or, or limited mm. again, uh, I think Ferguson, uh, you know, could have a, a good volume game here. You know, Dallas, you mentioned, they've been in a b- bunch of blowouts. Well, if they're trailing a little more, I, I do think, uh, you know, Ferguson gets some some catches against this defense. You know, Dalton Schultz was pretty involved against the Niners uh, in the past. And then, you know, I'm I'm down on him in, in season long, but I do think George Kittle is going probably going a little under the radar here. So, um, you know, he's been super quiet, and I'm sure he's going to have to, you know, chip block and, and help out on, on Micah Parsons and all those guys. But that could also lead to a little bit lower uh, ownership percentage than he's used to seeing for, for such an explosive player. And, uh, you know, always mm-hmm. like to invest, you know, when guys are, are coming off bad games and what a kid will get one catch last week i think it was so yeah, yeah one catch yeah, so rough. yep so uh you know always like to invest in guys like this in dfs especially on uh one game slate so uh george kiddo as well yeah i, I love the ferguson call especially if henner shuts um out again and as of yesterday on wednesday he's still not practicing so it does look like you know pretty dicey he's gonna suit up and uh, Ferguson, he finished with a 67% routes run rate, but probably would have ended with like 80, 85% if that game was competitive. I think they pulled him like pretty early in the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, Ferguson's a guy where if he sees more playing time, sort of like Chig last year, he's been productive in his limited playing time. So this this could be a blow up spot for him. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, who you like for dark throws? Well, I'll, I'll stick with the Cowboys tight ends. I'll, I'll go with the backup, uh, Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, if Hendershot does in, indeed miss again here, I, I think Schoonmaker is worth the flyer. Uh, ran a 38% routes run rate. Uh, although, as I alluded to, that mainly had to do with the blowout. Uh, but he's a rookie tight end who we expected to get off to a slow start because he missed pretty much all of camp with that foot injury, all of preseason. So, um, his playing time could rise just throughout the season. And with Hendershot out, that, that'd be a perfect time to get him more involved. So, uh, and we've seen like these past couple seasons, we've seen Dak get these backup tight ends involved in the red zone. Um, so Schoonmaker caught a touchdown last week. This is a game where, you know, he, he could catch a touchdown and you would need that uh, to take down the slate. So I, I think Schoonmaker is a good dart throw. Obviously rather have Ferguson. Um, and then, on the other side, if there's a time to take Kyle Juszczyk, I guess this is the time. Uh, he had a massive 70% routes run rate last week. That probably was due to just the and Niners wide receivers are really banged up right now. You know, Debo's banged up. They were without Juwan Jennings. Um, so, you know, th- this is also a game. It's such a big game. We could see a little bit more gimmicky plays from Kyle Shanahan, which, you know, would involve a guy like Kyle Juszczyk. So, you know, every year we see a handful of games where Juszczyk catches three to five balls, scores a couple touchdowns every season. So I, I would say on a showdown slate, he's he's usually worth a flyer in a big game like this. Um, can definitely see him, you know, 
seeing a couple touches or enough work to uh, warrant a dart throw here. So I like Kyle Juszczyk in the spot. Yeah, you never know. I mean, he'd be massive leverage on, on a guy like McCaffrey if he was able to get a, a goal line touchdown or something oh, like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, McCaffrey always gets his touchdown, but you know. Screw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go contrarian again. Uh, the Dallas defense, I think, is very interesting. Mm. Dallas defense has just been monstrous this season. They've allowed just 41 points in four games, so just over 10 points a game. Uh, they have multiple picks in three of their four games. They have uh, multiple sacks in every game, 14 sacks on the year. Uh, they have three defensive touchdowns already. So uh, even if San Francisco you know, plays well for the most part on offense, Dallas could just wreak so much havoc uh, with their defense that I could see them you know, forcing uh, a mistake, a rare mistake uh, for, for Purdy and uh, potentially getting in the end zone. And uh, at a one-game slate, that would then become necessary to, to roster them. So uh, – like the Cowboys and you know, they're popping in a luck ranking. So uh, maybe some, nice. uh, maybe some value there as well uh, from a game script perspective. And uh, on the Niners side, Jordan Mason, uh, if uh, Elijah Mitchell is out again, which it looks like he may be still hasn't returned to practice. Uh, you know, Mason is a guy who, you know, it, it's, it, it's going to take some variance. Like you said, I think if the game is close, McCaffrey plays every snap, but if the Niners just keep doing what they're doing and keep rolling or the Cowboys lay another egg like they did against the Cardinals, then you you are going to see some Jordan Mason. Uh, and also McCaffrey is such a high usage back that, I mean, every play, you know, there's a s- small percentage chance that he gets hurt or at least has to to miss a couple of plays. So mm-hmm. if, uh, if Mitchell's out, then Jordan Mason, if Mitchell's in, then I would just go Mitchell, you know. Uh, always love rostering those guys yeah. with the uh, questionable tag because I feel like that turns uh, turns people off. So uh, Mitchell, whoever the backup running back on the Niners is, essentially. Yeah, the uh, Cowboys defense is <clears throat> interesting. Um, you know, Purdy has no interceptions on the season, but yep. he has a 4% turnover-worthy play rate. Uh, so I guess he's been getting lucky. And if you look at other quarterbacks in that range with that, uh, so his 4% turnover-worthy play rank on PFF ranks ninth, uh, the ninth highest. And all the guys in that range have three to four, sometimes six interceptions. So he's probably due for uh, interception. So, yeah, I, I like that play. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, remember when the Niners were rolling last year and then uh, they end up playing the Eagles in that crazy pass rush and then they just injure oh. Purdy and then they injure the backup. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Let- it's like – let them, let, like them that. <laughs> let them take down this uh, last undefeated market, uh, and then they can do whatever the hell they want. Then right, I don't yeah. care. But I need them to hang on just for a couple more weeks. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, much less uh, Brock Purdy. Oh, right, yeah. No, not that injury, but just the loss. Oh, Let's yeah, Let's keep yeah, this yeah. undefeated <laughs> season going. Hey, man, it's, the West Rankings are, are saying it's down. I know, man. I know. Maybe they'll just cover. <laughs> Maybe the, the Niners win by three and everybody's happy. That, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people uh, at our company are going to be on the (laughs) Cowboys as well. Uh, All right, let's go to Monday night. We got the Packers at the Raiders. The Raiders are one-point underdogs at home. The total is 45. This is 8.15 on Monday. Eastern on ABC. Uh, Luck rankings-wise, Vegas is the fifth unluckiest. Green Bay is the ninth luckiest, so it's a – Luck differential of uh, 19 and a, a gap of 35%. So this is the fourth best. Vegas mm-hmm. has the fourth best matchup right behind the Cowboys. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with last week. Uh, Vegas <laughs> had the unluckiest result. Um, and I had Vegas plus six mm. and a half. I watched the Ouch. game. I can confirm. Ouch. I mean, it's a, it's kind of weird that they're even in the game. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, love him as a talent, was not a great debut. He was just standing in the pocket too long he took like what nine or ten sacks mm, um yep. had two really bad fumbles like the ball just slipped out. i don't know if he was nervous and sweaty or something <laughs> um had a really bad interception at the goal they had first and goal they just need to punch it in to potentially force overtime and he just kind of like led Devonte adams who wasn't looking at him and got picked um after all that they nearly covered so they, they just had the unluckiest result last week so that's why they're popping in the luck rankings model. I think I'm going to take a break 
backing Vegas for at least one week. We we also don't know if Jimmy G's going to return, right? He's still in the concussion protocol. Yep. Yeah, I think, well, I think Aiden O'Connell, he'll be a lot better going forward. Uh, Again, I have egg on my face after calling him uh, this year's Brock Purdy last week. But this could be similar (laughs) to like, you know, Kyron Williams last year where I was just a couple games early or something like that. But uh, yeah, that that is why Vegas is popping in the luck rankings. I mean, really, it's just Josh McDaniels. He's just like, you could argue two weeks in a row, Josh McDaniels made silly play calls in scoring position. That yeah cost them this time I was hoping he would kick the, the field goal, um, yeah, right? But they they went for it uh, for selfish reasons. But um, yeah, definitely a below average coach, which you've kind of pointed out that the luck rankings kind of indicate. Yep. <laughs> so well, no, because it, it makes yeah. sense, right? It's like if you you just you know you take uh, like the you know the key like turnovers and things like that out of the equation. You're just using math, and then it's like okay, like. And a regular football team should be expected to have scored this many points. But yeah. it's like Josh McDaniels, we literally saw him essentially lose Vegas opportunity to score points two weeks in a row. Number First with the field goal instead of the touchdown against Pittsburgh. And then last week by not just handing the ball off. And, like, who doesn't run against the Chargers defense? Like, like come on. Yeah. And, like, and, and, like, how do you let a guy get six sacks? Like, I, I get, like, one, two, you know, maybe about a third one. You Double-team them every play, chip them every play. Like, how do you get right. to six? Like, I, O'Connell, guy... that, I would say a lot of that was O'Connell's fault, if I'm being honest. Uh, but also, maybe the scheme, like, give him, give him a easier look or something like that. But O'Connell was hanging in there way too long. I mean, Car, Car didn't look good in the McDaniel scheme. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look good in the McDaniel scheme. Uh, you know, O'Connell takes like what ten seconds like that. I, at some point, you just oh, I agree. Coach, it, you know, most of it is McDaniel's fault. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. But I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the Packers, uh, their their whole scheme situation, like it's not not looking too great these last few <laughs> weeks either. You know, Joe Barry and that defensive scheme still still an issue. Uh, but who do you like in the captain spot? Going with Devontae Adams here. Going all chalk this week. Screw it. Um, but he, he's just playing at a high level right now. He's averaging 16 and a half targets these past two weeks. Um, that's despite he, he had to leave um, yep. to go so to the man. locker room with the shoulder injury. I mean, he must have missed, I don't know, 10 minutes of the game. Uh, and he still saw, you know, a shit ton of targets. He just has a massive 35% target rate this year. And, oh, yeah, it's a revenge game against the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, Devontae Adams is looking for a big game here. Uh, it just makes for a great captain play, especially for this slate. So go with Devontae here. Yeah, I actually, I mean, Adams probably will be the Chuck. I, I think the Chuck probably should be Josh Jacobs. This Green Bay run mm. defense is. Should be or will be? Like, do you think people will? I think it should be. It, it probably won't people be because Adams, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, they'll take him. But like Adams revenge game, what like all those targets last week, I just feel like yeah. he's still probably going to get. Um, you know, more looks even than a normal week. But this Packer run defense, I mean, just it's this has been an issue for for years now. You know, I, I saw a stat in the Athletic. Um, since Matt Lafleur took over as head coach of the Packers, thirty-one defenses have positive EPA per play or negative if you want to turn around against the run. <laughs> and the one that doesn't is the Green Bay Packers. And it's like this Joe Barry scheme, it's like the Fangio scheme, but like Fangio is, is like actually good at coordinating. Whereas this Packer team, they just line, like they'll come out with like two down linemen on like a power rundown. And then like Quay Walker is making like 18 tackles, but they're all five yards, you know, five yards yeah. deep in the, <laughs> after the running backs has gotten, you know, first down and end some, uh, you know, these last three weeks, the Packers are allowing 133 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields, 166 scrimmage yards per game to opposing backfields over the last three weeks, three touchdowns. So one per game over that span, uh, you know, this is a, especially after they, they don't give the ball to Jacobs when they should have. Last yeah. week, this just see. I, mean, I know they're obviously going to get Devonte his looks as well, but 
uh, this just screams, you know, at home, you know, you've, you've kind of just let two, let two slip away. I, I just think you gotta, you, you gotta hand the ball off to Jacobs a ton in this one. And, you know, we saw uh, Montgomery go, what, 32 carries, uh, over 100, 121 yards, mm-hmm. three touchdowns last week. Uh, and then and Gibbs still mixed in for at five yards a pop, 40 carries on, uh, 40 yards on eight carries himself. So, you know, this Packard, this Packard defense, like I, I, this is, that's just their scheme. You know, I don't, we, we've heard about this over and over. Every time they give up a, a big running game, they, you know, the floor is like, oh, we got to make some changes. And they never do because this is their stuff. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's just what, it's just what they do. So, um, but Jacobs has been very active in the passing game mm-hmm. uh, as well. So uh, even if, you know, by some crazy chance, the Packers switch it up, uh, which I don't think they will. Um, I, I still like Jacobs, but yeah, it's a, a blow up spot for him. Uh, who do you like for values? Um, so uh, I think Christian Watson is a great play here just because, you know, he's able to return to limited action last week, had a uh, 48% routes run rate, was still able to do some damage in, in that limited action. He got two balls for 25 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's sort of who he is. As long as he's on the field, he can make a big play. Um, have to imagine he's closer Two hundred percent, having nearly you know ten days of rest now. Yep. From what I can tell, he hasn't had a setback, so that's that's great news. I could see him running closer to like a seventy to eighty percent routes run right here, um, if all goes well this week. So he just has massive upside um, if he sees nearly you know like a double playing time hit this week. So he, he obviously people know he's good, but he could be overlooked at least until he does have that blow-up game. So uh, I'm going to have plenty of Christian Watson here. Yeah, they were both on pitch counts, uh, Aaron Jones and Christian yeah, Watson. Yeah, Aaron Jones too. Yep. Yeah, they should be good to go um, for this one with the long rest. Uh, at least that's what uh, I am hearing. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, Jordan Love for the for the uh, Packers. You know, his Vegas defense is 27th in DVOA against the pass. And Love does kind of spread it around a little bit. He also, we saw him uh, run for a touchdown on a great play call uh, last week. So he does have some little bit of rushing upside. Uh, and I also like uh, Aaron Jones, you know, just kind of a, similar to your Watson call, mm. just kind of a buy low, you know, he's going to be rested. A.J. Dillon, I mean, my goodness, this guy has just been a big disappointment. That, you know, I mean, thank goodness Literally. Love looks- like yeah, like, <laughs> right. Uh, thank goodness, Love looks you know pretty pretty solid because that draft you know when they when they went like what is it Dylan Love and then Deguara, oh Deguara. My. <laughs> I mean that could have been disastrous if Love <laughs> didn't pan out and he did you know he kind of came back down to earth last week looked like a, a guy who you know doesn't have that much experience in in the National Football League you know last week I thought it was his worst uh, worst game. But I do think, you know, the Raider defense, they haven't had a, they haven't finished above average in, in points allowed since, uh, I think, t- 2002, I believe it is. It's like this defense is just, you could just bank on the Raiders defense being bad every single year. So uh, give me the guy who, you know, is most likely to score, uh, you know, have a hand in, in the most fantasy points. And then give me Aaron Jones, who's just been, you know, was criminally underused uh, and has been really, I would say, uh, throughout a, lot, a large part of the last, you know, couple of years. Really. I mean, last year, this was an issue, too, where the Packers were kind of you know, not playing really well and they just weren't running the ball. So, you know, you can't always trust LaFleur to, to, to commit to it. But uh, I, the thing about Jones is he can uh, do some work in the passing game as well. So, um, you know, you can even stack him with Jordan Love, and you don't even have to do it in the captain spot. But um, you know, he is definitely a threat to uh, catch a touchdown. Uh, this you know, this Packer team still, you know, even with Watson back, you know, it's a bunch of young guys all around at, at the other positions at, at pass catcher, and uh, we'll see about Musgrave if he can clear a protocol with the with the extra mm-hmm. uh, extra uh, rest. But um, either way, like Jones to bounce back, uh, like Jordan Love. Who you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, let's go with the Raiders player here. It, it is kind of a rough slate for dart throws, but I'm going to go with the the ghost of Hunter Renfro, <laughs> who has been almost invisible this year. He's topped out at two catches uh, this season, but he's still playing like a healthy clip, right around a 60% uh, 
routes run rate. And, you know, Devontae Adams has commanded a 35% target rate. That's probably not sustainable, even as good as Devontae Adams is. And, you know, uh, Renfro also has to deal with Jacoby Myers. Um, but they haven't been targeting the tight ends uh, as much. So there's a chance Renfro could stumble into four or five targets uh, this week. And, uh, you know, he's talented enough to do some some damage with that. So I just think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to have much Hunter Renfro, but it's worth having a couple shares just because he is talented. He, he could see an increase in targets this week. So on, on a single game slate, I, I think it's it's okay to take a guy like Hunter Renfro who might be due for a three to four uh, catch game one of these weeks. Yeah, I, I can't – like it's so odd that they – the coaching staff has just soured on him so much. Like I know they don't mm-hmm. like that, like free freestyling and freewheeling, adjusting the routes and stuff. But I mean, it, it's probably just another egregious McDaniel's. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Because like this guy was like, what was he on pace for like a hundred catches one year? I mean, this guy showed yeah. he could play yeah. and it, and get not even just play, do something that not many people on this earth can do, which is get separation versus NFL cornerbacks, like. Yeah, yeah, he caught 103 balls in 2021. 1,000 yards, 1,038 yards, nine tutties too. Yeah, he was especially good on third down. Uh, yeah. I know Derek Carr said he was like his favorite target on third down. But if they were to use him a bit more, it, it'd be scary trying to defend Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. And, oh, yeah, you have to worry about Hunter Renfro. But they just haven't done it. And, again, you're probably right. Uh, it's probably just McDaniels, uh, you know, just being a poor head coach. Yeah, you're right. Uh, dark throws are, are tough. A uh, couple of guys I think are interesting. Jaden Reed, um, you know, not super dark throw pricing, but mm-hmm. I, you know, he this Raider D is is uh, man heavy defense. The, the Packers are zone heavy, but uh, Jaden Reed actually leads the Packers in targets against man coverage. Unfortunately, he's only caught one of nine, so I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad. But uh, I'll take a shot. You know, he's he has looked good, and I do think you know Dobbs had the big game last week. Watson, uh, obviously, I think people are going to expect him to, to ramp up. Aaron Jones is, is expected to ramp up. So, like, Jaden Reed might get lost in the shuffle. And uh, he's been he's been very good uh, for, you know, for a, a guy five games into mm-hmm. his career. He's still getting, you know, he might get a, a rush attempt here and there as well. But uh, he's held his own in terms of his uh, target rate. It's at 22% per route so only Dobbs is higher now maybe Watson I think you know in due time will uh you know jump him but uh you know to you know play four games as a rookie and you know with a a inexperienced quarterback and a bunch you know just inexperienced offense really and why oh line issues and still be able to to command you know 22 percent targets here uh I think it's he's been pretty impressive I I like these young players on the the Packers you know Wicks has been good as well so I think Wicks is another guy who you know he's kind of like a contrarian leverage play because we don't know exactly how the the snaps are going to be divvied out the Packers are one of those teams sometimes they're like the Chiefs where you know, like the number one receiver doesn't get much higher than 80, 85%. And they, they mm-hmm. mix everybody in and uh, whatnot. So uh, Wicks is another guy I would pay attention to it on, on a Raiders side. Uh, Sean Tucker is a guy that, that they've been talking up. They've been kind of, yeah, Oh, Trey, that's Sean Tucker. That's the, butt of the bus, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, he's going the other way. He's going downhill. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn overtook him last week, but no, uh, Trey Tucker, the, yeah. Uh, was a third round pick third round uh, pick speedster yes he is um a guy that you know they've been kind of talking up and for i mean some odd rate i don't agree with it but he's <laughs> kind of been the guy that you know is essentially going to eat into to renfro a little bit he has uh, a rushing attempt for 34 yards on the year still looking for his first catch but uh he's he started to play more snap playing about a quarter of the snaps uh, these days. And uh, it's kind of inching up, you know, uh, you have the Monday night game. So a little bit of, uh, you know, extra day rest, you know, maybe they get uh, another package. Uh, we'll, we'll scheme a couple of plays yeah. for him in this one. So always like to take these like speedster rookies who have nothing in their game. While he's uh, yet, <laughs> yeah. uh, on, uh, on these, on these one game slates. So uh, Tucker is the guy for me. And I'll, you know, mayor is another guy they're talking up. Ooh. I'll believe it when I see it. 
Um, but they all like Josh McDaniels was quoted as saying, like, we want to get him more. No, not McDaniels, uh, the, the offensive coordinator, uh, Mick Lombardi, who I, I don't know what he does because this is obviously McDaniels' offense, but he did say, you know, we want to get Mayer, the rookie tight end, more involved in a passing game. Uh, again, I, I'll believe it when I see it, but on a one game slate, you know, like you said, n- not much to speak of with, with dart throws, really. So, uh, don't mind some mayor either, but it's just tough with these Raiders because like even Renfro, like you said, like it's really, you know, rough Adams, first read Myers, second read and then Jacob's, dump off to Jacob. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or, or, or Amir I, Abdullah. I do like the Trey Tucker call. Um, if a O'Connell gets the start again, uh, I think he's going to look a lot better in his second start um, because Tucker's the guy that he was targeting the most in preseason. You've mm. talked about that. We're like, yeah, backup quarterback. Point. And Aiden O'Connell gives me like uh, Jameis Winston vibes. He just, he is looking to chuck it down the field. It reminds me of the <laughs> Jameis Winston meme, like screw it. Olave's down there somewhere. Um, that's kind of how he was with Trey Tucker in the preseason. So Tucker's a candidate. He had an A dot over 20, I think, in the preseason because O'Connell's just chucking it deep to him. So uh, he's definitely a candidate for one of those like long touchdowns on a showdown slate. So I, I do like that call, especially if O'Connell is the starter again. Yeah, I mean, he has a 34-yard rush, and now he's going against a terrible run defense. So there's also that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he- like uh, – he could be like dollar store Rashid Shahid this year. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a uh, good uh, – Like that kind of guy. Uh, all right, yeah. So uh, we got we got some guys there, and you know, Jakob Johnson's also on the slate. Oh he's yeah, fullback, but uh, he doesn't really. I don't. Think he only he's, catches passes got... when yeah. we uh, when we see him live, right? Uh, yeah, every way. Right. So, um, yeah, I doubt he's gonna do anything, but <laughs> uh, he's got one catch on the year. Yeah, one catch, and it was in the last. Oh no, two targets. So O'Connell targeted him twice. He wasn't targeted at all by. Uh, Jimmy G. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. O'Connell's the dart throw guy. We need him. <laughs> we need him in a, in a lineup. You know, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. That is going to uh, do it for the week five night shift episode here on the Fantasy Flex podcast. Be sure to check out uh, the full list of luck rankings at actionnetwork.com. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full luck player projections episode out right now over on the action network podcast channel and our fantasy preview episode where we break down the main slate uh, is out right now right here on the fantasy flex actionnetwork.com for our nfl fantasy and betting content fantasywebs.com for our dfs tools and models and uh, you can follow sean on x at the underscore odds maker i'm at chris raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Good luck this weekend. Until next time, we'll get this money. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.